Hi guys, just wanted to give you a heads up on the quality of today's podcast. Due to some errors in the recording software, there is some choppy frames in the audio. I do apologize in advance. Uh, From now on, we'll be using a different recording software for future podcasts. In the meantime, please enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Yojo podcast. Uh, Today I have with me... Mr. Dylan Martin, he is a local photographer, meme lord, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much else to it. I think that sums it up perfectly. How are you doing? Wonderful. I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic now that you're here. Now, for the people that are, are not uh, familiar with your work, uh, do you just want to give them a brief rundown on who you are and what you do? Uh, I'm Dylan, and I'm based in Melbourne. Uh, I'm a photographer. Um, mainly from the music scene, but have dabbled in absolutely any subgenre that you can possibly think of. Um, currently studying my bachelor of photography, so trying to make the shift to towards fashion and full conceptual work and everything like that. So it's been a wonderful transition up until this point. You've sort of done uh, uh, wedding photos as well. Yeah, yeah. Wedding is sort of where I want to be. Weddings and fashion and, and doing all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, um, no, you've definitely sort of got a, a bit of a, I guess, uh, a jack of all trades when it comes to photography, like you said. It's um, it, it's what I try and pride myself on is that if you ask me to do something, I can do it. Um, I like to be broad ranged across the board. Um, I don't like to pigeonhole myself in terms of one particular genre that I'm invested in i guess or that people know me from um i like to be known as a photographer rather than just oh this guy just does music or he just does landscapes or you know that kind of thing yeah so you really yeah i think that's a good thing to sort of strive for to make sure that you're hitting all the points yeah yeah well that's good um i guess uh sort of just to get into it uh well, yeah. How did you get into it? How did you get into photography? What What was the uh, the driving factor or the thing that really said, "Oh, yeah, I like taking pictures. I'm going to turn this into a career." It's It's so fascinating when I think back on it. Um, so I started in sports science, and I started working at football clubs, and I was doing all this really cool, you know, game day coaching stuff, which was great fun. Um, and then one day I just woke up and I was like you know what, this isn't what I really love to do. And I sat there and I was thinking about it for a couple of weeks and then it just hit me that I really love being immersed in capturing the world for what it is. Um, so then I, I bought myself my first camera and I just went, and went out and started taking photos and started just taking street shots. And after about two weeks, I got a contact from this place called Raw Artists who, um, they like to feature underground artists in, in Melbourne and across the country. And they have shows like, all across Australia and internationally and everything like that too. And within two weeks of committing to, I want to be a photographer, I was planning a, a full showcase of what work I had at the time just to show people. Um, and that, that really just sparked and fueled all the fire just to go out and be a photographer I guess um, which was so much fun looking back on it and that's now four years ago so yeah 
That's a very that was a very quick turnover because normally it yeah takes a fair bit, but to go from <laughs> fuck sports science, all my homies hate sports science to photography, man, you know yeah, like, holy crap, and to be recognized so quickly, like that's phenomenal. It, it still blows me away when I when I stop and think about it. Um, just the the journey from hey, I was doing this and working at these massive places for sport. Um, to being a fully independent, self-funded photographer. Um, and to think, you know, everything that we're going to talk about has all happened in the last four years is crazy to me. Um, all post the age of 20. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, well, when you put it that way, it does sort of sound like a whirl, whirlwind of uh, everything and anything. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite crazy when... You stop and think about the kind of person that you were four years ago to the person that you are now and, and most people are like oh you know not much has changed in four years i look at it and go holy shit i was this entire new person that i am now you know yeah like you really just sort of transition like in that time and it's yeah you're right no one really realizes it until they actually sit down and have a like a thought process of, about it yeah, yeah, um, and same thing as now, like I'm just about to finish my first year at uni doing my Bachelor of Photography and, you know, that, that whole thing of, oh, I'm 23 and, you know, like I, I can't go and do something new now. Well, the whole thing is, is that I'll only be 26 by the time this is all done. So it's all, it's all just about breaking everything down and going, right, what do I really want to do? And I, like, I hope that when people look at me and my career path and everything that I've done, that's what they, they sort of get inspired by, is that there's no time frame for success, it's all about happiness. Um, yeah. yeah, and sort of just striving for what you want to do rather than what you're being told to do. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear, man. Like, it's always good to hear when, whenever I see you posting stuff, because I always look forward to whenever you post photos and shit. Awesome uh, like, like the the reflection pieces that you just dropped. I was like, holy yeah. shit! This this is like, this is his new medium. This is what he needs to yeah. like, smash it up. Which um, is what I will get into in full detail today, because I haven't had a chance to talk about it properly. I'm so excited about that series. <laughs> Not to mention the one that I'm currently planning, which... Yeah, well, that'd be yeah. exciting to hear about. I'm very excited yeah. to hear about it. Uh, but first, uh, I'll just ask, because I guess this is sort of... Like you've said, you've mentioned you've done... Uh, well, you've done gigs at music, you've done gigs at uh, weddings, you've done almost anything and everything, so... I guess, what do you consider to be your first big break? What was the thing that sort of, you're like, holy crap, I'm, I'm actually doing it? Yeah, so, it's, it's fascinating. I, um, a couple of years back, I think it was 2018, I covered 150 live music events in the year, which works out to be about four a week, which is crazy. It's, it, like, it's crazy to properly think about that. Um, but my first big moment of holy shit I belong I had two um the first one I was shooting Biffy Clyro I'm not sure if you're familiar with them but a very very large UK band um first time I'd ever been to the forum and I was standing in the pit and we only get the three songs to take photos 
and I finished the three songs and I looked at the back of my camera and I was like, holy fuck, I just nailed Now, at the time, that was the biggest band I had shot by tenfold. Like, I'd only done little local stuff or like little touring international bands kind of thing, but this was the first big proper band that I ever shot now. That was also the first time that I ended up getting featured in a publication, featured by a touring company, and all of the, I guess, praise started to creep in and I started to accept that as, holy shit, I belong. Like, I can actually do this as a career. Like, this isn't just something that I'm just doing as a hobby or for fun, you know? It's not, yeah. just walking the, not just walking the streets taking photos. This is actually something that people want me to do. Um, and then the second moment was probably what I'm most well known for um, is Panic at the Disco. Um, and I didn't, I didn't have a moment of I belong. It was more, oh my good Lord, people want to see my work and people are excited to see what I produce on a nightly basis. Um, yeah. And, and that, that made me feel so included by the photography community by the music community and by general out, you know, like people from the outside looking, looking in going, oh my God, this guy is like actually capturing what we want to see at gigs. Um, so those are my two big, wow, I belong moments. Um, and then following that, I just upward trajectory of things just happened. And I guess my biggest, my biggest praise of myself is the, I'm one of those people that when I see an opportunity, I will not hesitate to go for it. Um, and, and I hope, like, whenever I talk to people about pursuing music photography or anything like that, that's the first thing I tell them is if you want something, you need to go and get it. And there's nothing, the only thing that's standing in your way is yourself. Um, so last year, probably... Quote, like, last... Shrek 3 at me, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I appreciate it. Very good. Oh, the memes are coming out. That's what they've oh, done. This is going to be a fantastic podcast. Strap in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, probably the last big thing that I did was uh, I went to the UK and I covered Leeds Festival, which was the most outrageous feeling of um, self-achievement, I guess. And... To, to be able to cover a festival of that size on my own was, I, it's indescribable. Uh, you can probably hear the, the confusion, I guess, in my voice that yeah. I still think about it today and I'm like, wow, I actually did that. Like that was something I achieved. I can definitely I got to get like the second hand energy from what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's something that, yeah, I still think about every day that I actually got to do that. And, and that, that's something that's on my resume is something that I've done and it, it, I couldn't be possibly prouder of myself and uh, I guess everything that's happened since you know be it bad or good it's sort of what I strive to achieve again is that feeling of accomplishment um, mm. self-accomplishment like I'm, I'm not looking for praise from other people I'm not doing anything like that it's all it's all about what I feel when I'm in that situation I guess yeah, because yeah. like, like you said, the only person you have to please is yourself when it comes to your own work. A hundred percent. And as an artist in general, that's the hardest thing to do. 
you know, I still look at my work and I'm like, oh, there's something wrong with that. Or like, I don't quite like that as much as I did kind of thing. But that's just a general artist thing. So it's all about incorporating that as happiness within, within yourself about your own work. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think a lot of people do tend to have this um, a struggle with uh, self-critique. I guess you probably experience it yourself where it doesn't seem like it's good enough or it's not enough in a sense. Pretty much so. Yeah, but I think um, it's sort of like a duality where yes, it can be healthy to self-critique and you do get uh, good results, but then on the other side, it can be quite detrimental and it can be uh, demotivating at times. A hundred percent. And it's quite fascinating that you bring that up because that's what actually what we're we're trying to learn in uni is that you know it's it's so important to self critique but it's so important to self critique with a positive mindset of I'm doing this to improve myself rather than just to beat down on myself you know yeah it's mm. about looking at it of there can be improvements but like it, it's good still yeah hundred <laughs> percent instead of being like this is shit fuck this yeah. shit. <laughs> no, fuck my work. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. The leaders. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's yeah. Um... <clears throat> so yeah, I, I mentioned that I, I had a bit of a moment while I was watching Twenty One Green during my back from the, the stage, taking photos. I, I just had this over, and I've never never been overly emotional during gig. Like you know, I, I get nervous like everyone else and, and that kind of thing. But I've never off my not emotional and I was just standing there at the stage and I just I looked around me and I just I took it all in. I ended up crying my absolute it took me a good and I realized that it was just a sense of happiness and a sense of accomplishment and achievement like what we were talking about um never quite felt that during a music I, I think about that moment every single night before I go uh, I guess everything that I've done in the last year is, is striving to get back towards not just the UK and not just shooting festivals over there, but being that happy, being that happy with um, and, and achievement and, and understanding the happiness that comes from doing the hard. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Sorry. Um, you know, on top of that, from the graphy uh, aspect of it, but even just that little aspect itself, just that energy festival is just so powerful. Your first festival, which was uh, its last festival ever for um, Future Music Festival, like I went to the very and like I just remember being friend and Bianca and it was just us two and there was just this pure energy of seeing. I saw Knife Party, like it was the first time I'd ever seen Knife Party. The pure energy of like they just released their first like he like that pure energy and like everyone around you is just hyped up and like that energy just fueling you as well yeah 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 but yeah like ellie imagine you having like eighty thousand people like goku spirit bomb carrying you while you're doing your photography it, it was a surreal moment yeah obviously Getting to see Billie Eilish, absolute prime, is a treat. But like you talk about the Goku Spirit Bomb thing, watching, watching eighty thousand people join in on to communicate the stage to an artist who is still crazy young, 
but at the absolute top of the world that was oh that was an emotion that i again i think about regularly and tend to give you one or two amazing moments but from that i i ended up with oh maybe 20 25 separate pure happiness and more than just more than just the first you know photography it's more than just traveling or anything like that a pure um and i've tried to all my work since is that every time I pick up my camera, I want to feel that that pure yeah, emotion of happiness. Um, I totally get that one hundred percent, man. Yeah, it's a very powerful emotion. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you explain to people what it's like photographer at at a music event. Um, different kinds of photographers, but um, you've got photojournalist types who just like to capture what it is for what it is, and you've got your artist type photographers and. Um, I like to consider myself an artist type photographer, but to to get a music event in general, not just Fates Festival, the 200 plus events that I've covered, to be able to apply your own artistic method towards a band um, is, is something else because they're just there creating it, and I'm there capturing and creating their art into my own art, which is a wonderful, wonderful feeling. Um, yeah, sorry. Whether they're whether they're a, um, you know, a massive, massive artist like Billy Eilish performing in front of eighty thousand people, or whether it's a little local band performing in front of eighty people, um, there's always that sense of pure release and freedom and happiness from the artist towards me, and being able to put an artistic creation towards that and help them fulfil their artistic ambitions. That is. A wonderful wonderful feeling oh. yeah it's uh it's like i said it's just something almost otherworldly and very phenomenal yeah. that's yeah. all i could really sort of uh, put for it um i guess the next sort of question i want to ask is obviously uh it will there might be more than one uh, or answer to this but uh, what's your favorite thing about your career like what do you really enjoy about it is it the ability to go and take uh photos of whatever you want or is it like connection with people or what is it that you really enjoy about um your line of work it's really fascinating you ask that and i'm gonna take a way back answer to this um so a lot of my inspiration around my own work um unlike most photographers who get inspiration from other photographers i tend to to get my inspiration and my drive and my passion from history of all places um, and just being able to capture a moment in history, capture a time in history, put that artistic freedom that we spoke about um, into that moment, uh, whether it's, you know, doing a fancy edit or whether it's just, you know, creating it black and white or giving that moment all the emotion that's needed to be able to project it as an important moment in the past yeah because ultimately when you're taking photos and you capture a moment that moment is forever stamped in history whether it's a great photo whether it's an awful photo um that that is forever stamped and something that you saw as an important moment so um i, I relate that back to history and, and part of the reason why i became a photographer in the first place was to be able to capture moments for other people to look back on and go yeah i want to remember that 
yeah like i want to i want to rem- yeah i want to remember that moment as something that i was a part of or i wish that i was a part of or they discover it later down the track and go holy shit that was that was a moment that is forever remembered through emotion um, and and that's what i try and do with my work is is try and give people emotion whether it's an emotion that they have or whether it's an emotion that they don't know that they have or whether it's an emotion that they don't have and they wish they had um i i, I love giving people um and then you know like i just mentioned having that um, personal emotion that i have through my own work stamped in my mind throughout you know the course of my life um is really important to me um so it's all about you know giving people and also having that as a, as a memory of yeah i created that in that moment that's how i felt yeah yeah well it's it's definitely like like you say about the historical nature of it it definitely becomes this um almost a reflection of yourself or the, the person or the focus of whatever's in the image uh, at that time and place and it sort of sort of almost puts like a benchmark on your work being like this is what i was doing or this is the quality that i was producing at this point yeah. in time and you know? i like just as you mentioned that every time i pick up my camera i aim to take the best photo i've ever taken whether it's the best overall yeah. photo that I've, that I've ever taken, whether it's the best photo in a particular aspect, whether it's the best photo because of the lighting, or whether it's the best photo because of the person, whether it's an editing style, or whether it's, you know, a, a conceptual idea, you know, all of it. I aim to always leave the, the previous photo as the benchmark and then go past um, and you know going through music and stuff it's it's always hard because you know potentially one day you're shooting the chili peppers and then the next day you're shooting a little local band but i always try and adapt that same mentality of regardless of the size of what i'm doing it's always going to be the best part of it yeah exactly and um, <laughs> like i said time and time again every time you produce something new it's all fantastic work <laughs> yeah, and I, I love when you post shit, man. It makes my day. <laughs> awesome I really need that. Um, so it, it's fascinating. I think that that does lead into what you know the the two major things that I've done this year. Um, in, in terms of going back to uni and stuff, and you know the the first portfolio piece that I did with the, the mirror that you mentioned before. Um, so the most recent thing that I've done is stepped into the world of conceptual planning um, and conceptual thinking and stuff like that and I mentioned that um, I'd love to, to bring emotion and you know, reflections through my own work into other people and that kind of stuff so the, the last series that I did um, August I believe um, I took a mirror out into the world and I took photos in in the natural world with a mirror placed in it and then I took overlaying images to to give a contrast and the the reason behind this was formerly from 
Lilydale and I've spent 16 years of my life growing up there. Um, and the aim behind it was, was to show the changing landscapes um, and what it means to, to look out into the world and then two weeks later you see something completely different in that space. Um, and, and how that, I guess, negatively impacts society and negatively impacts the way that we think about the world. Um, and it was such a, a fun thing to do because it's something obviously in music, music is a very reactive thing. Wedding photography is a very reactive thing. You can plan throughout the day about what you want to take and what you're going to take, but ultimately they're, they're really reactive methods of taking photography and doing art, you know? Um, but with this, yeah. I, I took all the power into my own hands and I, I planned the entire thing from start to finish. Um, planned where I was going to mirror, how I was going to communicate each image. Um, so the series ended up being about 30 separate photos. Um, and it was around Lilydale. And Lilydale is projected to be top five for growth suburbs over the next 30 years. Um, so it was fascinating doing it now when, when things are starting to change. And obviously, having seen it over the previous 16 years, the, the significant change, it was, it was such a fascinating piece of work to do um, just to, to break down yeah, what, it, what it means to have that, that contrast between the natural world and the development of man. Um, yeah, well, it sounds like you put, like, just from what you've said so far, you've gone above and beyond what uh just the image itself like i didn't even realize that a majority of that was the that uh the the changes that are going to happen because you are right that area is a up-and-coming suburb that's it, it's getting developed now you know the quarries being the quarries being down, removed and the land getting that there's talk yeah. that they're going to create um it, it, what was the, the term that i read it was uh a Brunswick-esque hotspot an hour out from the city is, is what I read. And that was on a development site. And a Brunswick-esque yes. site. Yeah, I mean, yes. So that quarry area, obviously it's gonna become a whole different um, housing and that kind of thing, but now they're they're talking about hotspots within the eastern suburb. Now Lilydale is the, the gateway to the Yarra Valley, that's fact, but to create such a hotspot in such an area where it's naturally so beautiful, and and that's a fact, is that the, the further you get out from the city, the more naturally um, inviting it is for the environment and that kind of stuff. It's free rivers and lakes and creeks and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, taking taking a mirror, taking a camera, and and just capturing what I felt was the natural world, but then also overlaying. So I, I used Photoshop in the end. Um, to overlay the, the major contrast between the natural world and the man-made world. And like you mentioned before, that's the, the path that I want to go down. You know, like I've done the reactive music stuff. I ended up taking all of my top 10 favorite bands, right? which is a crazy thing to say, but like I, I feel like I achieved everything that I wanted to achieve in music. And like, there's still stuff that I, I would love to do, like go back and cover more festivals and that kind of thing but going down this route of bringing thought into my work you know when someone looks at my work i want them to go oh this is what i'm thinking about. this is what i want to think about this is what i i 
I think that I'm thinking about, but I don't really know that I'm thinking about it. Um, and yeah, like, I guess the response to that to that series was incredible. Like, you know, they had their own emotions about what it meant to have these massive constructs overlaid through these, these mirrors reflecting back into the world. Which is kind of yeah. wonderful that the first time that I did that, that I had such a positive response. But um, I guess the longer that the series went on, I guess I was shooting for six weeks, I think. Um, with this is that the more I realise that this isn't just a, a series that I can do this year, this is a series that I can do for the next 30 years while Willowdale goes through all of this major change. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a I guess a, a constant in progress uh, project, you know. Like obviously, I mean I guess you could say it's a, it just gets updated every so often, know, and then you'll even notice, like as you do it, like the the how it gets done might change, you know, to uh, an even higher quality as you know new technologies come out and new developments. Are and and like I just mentioned, like I've only ever done something like this once, and this was this series. So the better that I get at it. The better that I'm going to be able to communicate all of those those themes and messages that I'm trying to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think it's fantastic, man. I, I I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, whether it's a year from now or a couple of years down the path have the like newest updates to that. And this series could end up being hundreds and hundreds of images. Um, and, you know, something that, that Uni's given me is the ability to think about what it may look like eventually on a canvas wall, you know, like going into an art gallery, what, what is this work going to look like? So a major part of my planning for this series was to structure it like a mountainside and then have each of the images look like a window. So take that, that same construct of what each of the images is and then adapt it to the greater purpose um and after i i did a little printout um and i placed it out on my my kitchen floor and it was so fascinating to see what the physical work actually looked like and the different emotion that it actually did give me um which was quite wonderful to be perfectly honest with you yeah it's sort of yeah you really got to acknowledge your uh yeah, work. yeah, um, and, and just what it, you know, all those things that I, I spoke about in terms of you know, the, the contrast between the natural and the man-made world, um, to see all of that physically in front of me, very cool. Uh, can, you, can you hear <laughs> my cat snoring in the background? Uh, I can't. I, I keep hearing you dropping yeah, out okay. of it, but uh, I cannot read that. I'm really grateful but, um, it's yeah, no. been great background music. Just uh, a snoring cat in the background. <laughs> I'll, I'll see if yeah. I can uh, pull it out and uh, amplify it. Yeah. it and I'll yeah, and I amplify yeah, the crap perfect. out of it. <laughs> um, I guess uh, the next sort of question is now, um, I think you've already sort of covered it a bit though, is... Uh, what sort of motivates you to work hard and keep working hard? Is it uh, self-motivation? 
Is it like the support of others or is there some other crucial factor that keeps you to motivate yourself or what is it? I think it's just the, the drive for happiness is my biggest motivation. You know, I, I get a stupid amount of happiness from what I do. And, you know, just it's been a while since I've sat and actually talked about everything from start to finish. Um, so, like, just being able to communicate with people and have people communicate back to me, you know, what they're feeling and, and how they're doing with, you know, the response to my work. Um, but an enormous part of that is is just happiness from what I do. Um, obviously, background to that is that I would love to eventually take a photo that people remember and that people look back on and go, yeah, that was it. And like, um, I've been looking at a whole heap of, of World War II photos and, you know, just looking at the photographers' names at the bottom now, they're not remembered for anything else than taking that photo. I would, I would absolutely love one day for that to be me. Um, whether it's a, a pandemic shot from what we're going through, um, or, you know, whether it's, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the track, um, I take a photo and people look at it and they go, yep, that's going to be looked at forever. Um, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be pretty uh, noteworthy and defined. Yeah. You know? Like to have some, but I guess in a sense, it's when you get that shot it's it's gonna be monumental so like, I, I have a feeling that you know having you know, you know, that kind of thing, you know having listened to a whole heap of historic photographers whenever they take that photo they talk about it like they haven't taken anything spectacular and i guess that's what i'm looking for is i'm looking for a moment that i i look at and i'm like yep that warrants a photo but then you know 20 30 years down the track that moment is considered to be spectacular yeah yeah that would be that would be the ultimate achievement yeah and i think uh seeing as we're on the topic of uh historical yes. photos um i remember going through the uh hiroshima uh war memorial museum and the photos that they had there and they had an interview with one of the people that took the photos of the bombing you know and uh he he said something very similar to what you're saying about what other people were saying was he you know they saw they saw this you know uh pretty grotesque obscene you know uh you know image and they they thought you know there's nothing going to be like no images going to be like this ever again hopefully <laughs> but uh, yeah um, yeah and he said he was just so there was just something so powerful and you know uh that uh any photos that he's taken and like after that was you know it paled in comparison to conveying uh you know the scenario the scene like the, the death the destruction you know so they're definitely hopefully you don't have to <laughs> photograph right take photos of death and destruction but hopefully you could find something that will be of uh you know that uh um level of you know once in a lifetime almost you know i, I guess looking looking back on where i started and what made me start 
I would actually love to be a water polo, and and I would I would get so much enjoyment out of being in that environment of um, chaos. I guess is the word to think of. Um, there's there's been a really interesting conversation going for the last couple of weeks around intent. Um, so we previously looked at photographer's work called Bill Henson and his mm-hmm. his work in 2008 very much made the news and nearly went to jail over photos of an underage girl in the nude um, and his intent was always that these were non-sexualized images thing of the fact that he was a middle-aged man and he took photos of a 13 year old like it was obviously not well appreciate all this internal stuff of how do I, how do I feel about how do I feel about um, people's sexuality? Why why is sex such a valid reason? Um, but it's also incredible that he was able to fuel so much conversation from his work. Um, and for that, I guess I find him a little bit admirable. You know? Um, yeah. I, um, I think uh, there's a lot of when you mentioned that. Uh, like the imagery of the 13 year old child and the nude i think very talked about subject yes, as yes, of late yes. like you know netflix um <laughs> you know Epstein. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the island full of kids you know uh, and all that going on so it is a very topical you know it, uh, it's one thing to look past what he did, which I, I don't support what he did but in terms of the conversations that fuel it now are so scared of all these things. Um, the mm. weddings or anything like that. Tent is always there, you know, like people know what I'm trying. So that does lead into my next thing is my current series that I'm working on. So first series for uni was obviously massive. So my next series is an entirely self-portraiture series. It's going to be about the same size, about 30 photos. And it's going to be me. Um, very glammed up lipstick eyeliner mascara very very borderline between men and women now i hope and i i brought up the bill henson story um i hope that people look at that work and raise those same questions of why are we so scared of sex why are we so scared of our bodies why are we so scared of who we really are um and and this is all stuff that i'm trying to to bring up now it's fascinating with the, the Henson thing is that he took those photos in a very dark manner to target the dark aspects of who we were inside where I want to adapt a, a high-key mentality and take these in a very positive way and raise these conversations in a very very awesome why are we scared of this why are we scared of this in a bad way why are we scared of this in a good way why aren't we excited about this kind of stuff you know so that's what I'm currently working on and I'm very very excited to show people because the conceptual planning behind this has been so much fun so much fun <laughs> yeah well it, it it sounds uh really interesting because um one of my other friends who's a photographer as well and he's also studying he just did a like a small self-portraiture um well, he's uni too and he said it was to him it was a very uh eye-opening very 
uh, thought-provoking study of himself as an artist and he actually enjoys taking self-portraitures now uh, so it'll be really interesting to see how you develop with your self-portraiture because I feel like um, while you're going to be opening a page for discussion for other people I think you're going to find you're also going to find a lot of uh, pages being open for you. It's so fascinating. Your own so fascinating that you bring that up because that's exactly what I'm hoping that it does. Is I'm hoping to sit in front of these photos when they're all done, printed out, and and look at them and look at thirty photos of me and go, wow, this is consuming, but also consuming in the best way possible. Of awesome, this is who I am now. This is what these questions raise, and this is who I'm going to be at the end of it. And I lo- I love conversations yeah. like that and. I love that your other friend, the other photographer, has had that same that same process of turning the camera on themselves, and I couldn't possibly agree. From someone that never even went from taking selfies on his phone to now doing full conceptual planning around self-portraiture, it's it's quite a fascinating thing because as people behind the camera, we never we never get those questions asked. We never see photos of us. We never see photos of us working. We never see. Um, what we're like in that method and we never ask those those hard questions about what we're actually like as photographers but in this case we get to be both model and photographer so it's it's so important to critique the technical aspect because I feel like when you take a photo of yourself you could take it a hell of a lot more from the model standpoint but also from the photographer standpoint is these photos have to be perfect so I have to, to take them to a certain level that I haven't been before which is a, a fascinating thought process to have, I guess, while you turn the camera. Yeah, because it's always normally just a name attached to yeah. it. You know, an artist's name attached to a photo, not like an artist yeah. itself, you know? So it'd be... I, look, I'm very excited to see what you produce because my friend's... What he produced was really thought-provoking, not just for me, but for him. So it'll be interesting to see how you develop with it. So I'm very excited. I'm very keen. I'm excited that you're excited because, yeah, I, I had this idea maybe two, three weeks ago and, you know, I've only just started to, to get to the point where I'm ready to shoot for it. So it's very, very exciting. And but what I'm really, really excited for is to, I guess, potentially embrace that aesthetic into my actual self, is to make this not something that's fake, but make this a real thing. Yeah, and I always find that, you know, speaking about something is the first time that it becomes real, but also seeing yourself in that environment also makes it incredibly real. So with all of these conversations that are going to be raised, it's going to be fascinating to adapt that into me and be like, hey, I am really like this. Why can't I just be like this, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then... Like I said, it's going to be Yeah, eye-opening. and I'm very excited for that. <laughs> Alright, so now that we've had uh, most of the positives of the uh, so far, I'd like to delve into a little bit of negativity. Not not a lot. All for it, let's go. I guess, uh, I guess what is your biggest complaint about your job? Complaint? Are you here mm. all the time. Yeah, all the time people getting quote-unquote paid in exposure or you know uh you may asking you to be like oh can you do like 
photos for me and stuff like that is there something that you would don't particularly like about your job or something that sort of you know itches on you know back of your mind being like uh, i don't really like that <laughs> i guess things that you just mentioned are very much play a factor um the whole people not taking you professionally and i think it it comes more from a family standpoint um so i've mm. previously worked a wedding for a family member i've done some other work for family members and that that line of not understanding that you're a professional you're a working professional getting paid to be there isn't there when you work with people i guess you know people in your actual life when you work with other people when you hire models when you get booked for a random wedding that kind of thing people are like oh my god this person speaks when they listen but um in general when people know you they think that they can get away with things because they know what you're really like i'm a a fun laid-back happy-go-lucky kind of person i love to chat i love to you know fuck around that's who i am as a person but as a working professional i'm very very serious and i'm very very hands-on and you know yes i do still love to you know have fun i I will dance while i'm walking down the aisle taking photos of the bride you know that's what i'll do but in terms of having fun all the time no I, i know when to to be serious and i guess people not understanding that you have that line of cool i'm working now leave me alone not oh he's always like this let's always be like that you know that that's that's really really tough to work through and i guess because i've worked for so long now so i worked for three years professionally before i went to university i guess understanding who you are as a photographer is a massive, massive thing. Not just a photographer, but as an artist in general. Understanding who you are is is the most important step that you can go to. And I feel like I found that. And having that communication with people early on of, cool, I'm a working professional, this is how I work, this is how I do things, is, is so critical to actually achieving that working environment that you want to be in. So, it still happens, yeah, 100% it still happens, and I still get that, oh, come on, mate, can you do this for favour? Like, okay, sure. Um, but yeah, like, just having that work, that positive working environment that you always strive for, it took me a good two and a half years to get to it, but when I finally got to it, mm-hmm. game changer. Um, absolute game changer. I guess yeah, the sure other small be. little thing is financial stability, but... I do what I do because I love it. I don't do what I do for money. And honestly, the financial stuff will sort itself out eventually after you do the hard yards. Um, yeah. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, no, it's it's that's something I never really, uh, you know, from an outsider perspective, never really considered that there is that um, there can be that discrepancy in being seen as a professional, you know, in terms of when yeah. you're working. So it's it's definitely great to hear that because yeah I don't think a lot of people are aware of it you know they a lot of uh, photographers tend to be very charismatic and that can sort of be misconstrued as uh, a lack of professionalism or th- there is no professional aspect to them but yeah I think that's a very good point that you bring up and I think the most important thing with that stuff is to have that pre conversation with a client to be to be like all right cool we're working together that's it there's no 
you know, you, you fun will come. The fun will come when the work is done. It's, you know, like, yeah. yeah, you need to finish the task before you can, you know, let your hair down and that kind of thing. And, yeah, I, I'll, I'll perfectly <laughs> yeah. admit that, you know, when I'm working at a wedding and I'll finish working at a wedding, I'll, I get on the drinks and, you know, I have a good time. And, like, I know, I know where my line is as a working professional now. And I guess for people coming into the industry, they don't, they don't know that. And it takes them a very long time to understand what is, what is the most important thing about being organic with yourself. Um, and, and, you know, some people don't have a line and they can be like that all the time. And, you know, I'm hell jealous of them for that. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, understanding what your organic nature is and, and how you want to, to be perceived as a working professional so so important um yeah 100 percent um i guess yeah well <laughs> i mean it's it, like i said it's a good thing because people i don't think people are yeah. aware of it um yeah i guess uh moving on to the next question now what's your proudest accomplishment would it would you say i mean obviously there's no one uh accomplishment that will stand out forever just yet you know it could always change in the future but is there something at the moment that you look at and say yeah i'm this is the happiest thing i'm happy with at the moment it's there's a couple of them obviously leeds festival which we spoke about at length that, that was yep. an unbelievable achievement um getting to take photos of my favorite band of all time in the red hot chili peppers was the most surreal thing that's ever happened to me um <laughs> And I actually have one of those photos printed up in my room. It's wasted about that day. Uh, I, I view that as the peak of my career. So obviously, at the moment, I've only been working for four years, so it's hard to have a peak. But um, yeah. Well, the, the fact that you have a peak, yeah. Year, I think that's and you know, like I've got the leads thing, and, that, and that's a, a target to work back towards. Um, and then obviously you've got. The, the chili purpose thing, which all of my music work that worked up to it, that was, that was the peak of that. There were only six of us in the photography pit that night, and not only did I get to see my favourite band of all time for the first time, I got to take photos of them, and I got to, like I spoke about before, I got to have that artistic release of this band that's given me so much, yeah? and that mm. that meant the world to me. Um, and I guess the last thing is the fact that I'm still here and I'm still a working professional, and that through all the good, bad, up and down, all the hard yards, I'm still here and I still want to create and I still want to work as a professional for the foreseeable future, if not the rest of my life. Um, and yeah. and I, I consider that to be my biggest achievement because there's a lot of people, you know, being an artist is not easy. It's, it's, not, it's not an easy job to do, um, especially self-employed. Um, so the, the fact that I'm still here and I'm still doing what I want to do and I've, I've still got ambitions for the future is is the biggest thing to me. Um. Yeah, 100%. Um, the fact that, and I think you raise a valid point because um, un the unfortunate uh, truths sometimes is that things do yeah. not work out and, you know, sometimes plans have to change, you know, to accommodate. So the fact that you've been able to continue your your desire or and your your dreams and passions of being a photographer 
and you know still be able to produce what you want to do and go into a field of study for it that you know that's a, a in itself is a great accomplishment um man, it's fascinating you you mentioned the change so obviously with covid this year it hasn't been easy for anyone um i was planning on going back to the uk for four months and covering 11 festivals over those four months and you know when i realized that that wasn't reality it it hit me pretty hard and it, it hit me to the point where I was pretty much in bed for a couple of weeks just trying to get through the fact that I couldn't do what I really wanted to do. So times changed and then it came to the point where I was like, all right, I can either make something of this year and I can do something productive and I can look back at 2020 and be like, hey, I actually achieved something or I can look back on it and go, this year was a waste. I chose to go the brew pong. Let's make something with this. Let's do something productive with life. Um, So I went back and studied and... I went to a community school and I never had a higher education, that kind of thing. And, you know, to get into a university, photography only university, and be welcomed and to be able to do what I do still, uh, like have this transition towards all this conceptual stuff that we spoke about. Um, yeah, that was that was a massive step for me because originally I wasn't going to do that till I was 26 and I'd moved to the UK and I'd done all this other stuff. But now I'm like, you know what, let's let's do something productive with, with my time. So I always like to, to think that I am doing something productive with my time towards my career. Um, yeah. yeah, well, I guess this whole year is all about yeah. adapting anyway. Improvise, so. overcome, adapt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The three, the three key yeah. words, man. That's it. <laughs> um, I guess... Um, now we're sort of uh, leaning into more neutral, neutral grounds. Uh, um, I always ask people uh, what what a stigma about their work that they hear a lot uh, that sort of you know irks them as like oh that's not true. So do you know of a stigma about you know photography that you'd like to clear up or explain oh. or you know? There's a few that come to mind. I think the biggest one is that photography is just as much as an art form as painting or anything like that. And I would love nothing more than to eventually bridge the gap between photography being, you know, a documentary thing and photography being an artist thing. And even even documentary photographers, I consider them artists because it's an art to be able to capture and position things within a frame and to be able to communicate your own thoughts and emotions and your own ideas through a work towards someone else. That is just as much of an art as anything I view it as. And that, that's why I do what I do, is to be an artist, because I can't paint, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna be, I'm gonna be able to, to have my artistic freedom within a medium that I can do. Yeah, I definitely uh, can understand that. Um, for me personally, I think uh, photography is, you know, an art. It's the same as with when people paint because, uh, you know, you're capturing yeah. something. And like, if you were to really, you know, sort of put them together, if you had someone who painted like Lilydale Lake and then someone who took a photo of Lilydale Lake, they're both uh, document uh, documents of the same yes. subject. 
hundred percent. And they're both uh, art forms uh, of the same subject. Yeah. And uh, exactly. I guess, yeah, and I there was a few things that, that brought up when you mentioned the stigma towards photography, but I think that's the biggest one that, that I eventually hope to, to be able to bridge. Um, yeah, well, if you've got more, like, <laughs> by all means, happy oof, to hear it. <laughs> oof, how much time we got? <laughs> um, ah, we've we got plenty of it. <laughs> I, I guess I joke about it a lot, um, but, you know, that the photography is just pressing a button. But in reality, there is a lot of skill that goes into capturing, capturing a photo, and I would love to be able to bridge that gap of... You know, anyone can buy a camera, anyone can be a photographer. I don't believe in that. I, I believe that anyone can be a photographer if you apply yourself hard enough to it. But um, the, the stigma around, oh, he's got a camera, so, you know, he's the same as the other person that's got a camera. Like, there's, there's a whole lot more that goes into being a photographer. I hope that other people can understand yeah, I think there needs to be a distinction. I don't think... I I understand uh, what you mean about that sentence. I think the sentence should uh, be changed to anyone can take a photograph. Yes. Because that's a more accurate uh, uh, yeah. statement. Because anyone can take a photo. You can take a photo of anything. But to be a photographer is a lot different because like you said there are so many different elements and uh, aspects and ideas that need to be incorporated like lighting setting angle you know subject. not to mention the camera uh, settings that go into what, it you know it's one thing to be able to look at exactly look at, a, look at a scene and be like all right i can see that and that's beautiful but how do i make it beautiful as, a, as an image you know and yeah and then even on top of that as well like you know the digital photo or analog photo yeah. you know like to do an analog photo is a lot more complex than a digital yep. photo very much so you know you don't get to uh, you don't really get to edit it as yep. much as you would a digital photo um and that whole thing you know, that there are millions and millions of images going around in the world every single day. I think it's one in three people have a smartphone and every single smartphone has a camera on it now. You know, to, to have that much content around taking a photograph and to have not much recollection, you know, not much reflection on the whole thing that, you know, there are photographers, but there are also people that just take photographs. Um, and being a photographer, I guess, it's, it's hard to, to be recognized for what you do um and that's that's where i have that whole mentality i do what i do because i love it because, um, if the the eyes come towards my work they come towards my work and that's awesome but i guess you need to to take a step back because people don't understand that it, it is actually an art and you know those two things they, they come together i guess it's the, there is technical skill behind being a photographer and there is an art form behind what we do um so yeah like i guess those are the two biggest things that, that i personally struggle with and that i think need to be need to be addressed publicly people don't get addressed publicly 100 oh, percent um, and sort of in a similar vein, uh, do you think there's any industry standards that need to be changed or 
uh, amended to accommodate better for people that do do photography or photographers in general? Or, I, I think. Uh, I know yeah. A lot of people yeah. Sorry, you finish. <laughs> so, a lot of people with the lockdown, um, you know, they were very limited in what they could and couldn't do. So, is there anything, for, whether it's during COVID or whether it's pre-COVID, post-COVID, or Anytime, really, do you think there's any industry standards that do need to be changed? Um, I think the hierarchy between, you know, the upper class of the industry in terms of management and artists in terms of photographers, or be it, you know, advertising photographers or be it fashion photographers, you know, any form of photography, I think the hierarchy needs to change and the communication between the top end and us needs to change and we need to be more respected, I guess, for what we do and, you know, our importance and, I guess... People that aren't, that don't understand the art that goes into it, they just do it from a business standpoint. They, they do have that mentality of everyone can take a photograph, like you just mentioned, and that is a rough thing to to adapt to your your career. Is that yeah, I'm disposable, and I guess we need to stop feeling disposable for the art form. Yeah, I think yeah, there is a, uh, I guess in sense uh, do you think that um the this uh, hierarchy is detrimental to up and coming oh, big uh, time big time photographers big time there if i if i didn't have a tough skin i would have quit after a couple of months because the way that you get spoken to and the, the way that um the way that people like to run it as a business, and I, I guess this is what artists struggle with most, is you know there is all that admin goes with it, um, but there's no help from people that actually know how to do that stuff. It's just, all right, if you can't do this, I'll get someone else to do it. It's there's no there's no communication between them of being like, hey, you know, I'm after this. Every artist is willing to work around a mob, you know. Um, Oh, so yeah, definitely. I, I think that's a that's a massive, massive thing that young artists are are shunned, and then they're not they're not welcomed, and they're not Bro. with a, a stand that people are after. I think that's why I'm so vocal with helping people out, and I can't stand the whole "this is my method." I I can only. Have this with myself i can't share this with other people. I, I hate that mentality from other artists towards other people um if someone asks me how to do something i will tell them step by step on how to do it because that, that's that's how you support someone to creation to be able to achieve what they want to that uh, collaboration there is no uh uh, increasing uh, creativity, I suppose, yep. too. Yeah, 100%. Everything becomes st yep. uh, stagnant. But it's fascinating that, you know, I'll, I'll bring it up that... Yes, so, two of the best um, street photographers to ever exist, uh, one being Robert Frank in the 1950s and Joel Meyerwitz about a decade and a half later. Um, this story goes back to, to how, you know, a little bit goes a long way in how supporting smaller artists can just you know it be everything towards them um so robert frank was a massive massive photographer um probably a, a pioneer for for black and white street photography and he had a studio shoot and joel meyerwitz who had never picked up a camera before went into 
went in to watch him work, and he was mesmerized by mesmerized by the way he captured captured the, the subject and, and everything like that. And walked into work, he quit his job the next day, and and took someone else's camera and just went out onto the street and. Ultimately, he then became a pioneer for color street photography. Um, but it, it just goes to show that you know, no matter the size of artist that you are, no matter no matter how important you are, if you give a little bit of time towards someone else, they can explode. Um, and it, it's all about being open to conversation and communication, and, and not hiding secrets and not not hiding your identity as a photographer from other people um and that's just an example with the two biggest two biggest photographers to ever live um and both of them get studied at at length still today that's how important they are so um i guess if you have that mentality towards younger artists um they can they can grow into their own beautiful version of themselves and the second you start to repress people in what they do they they just want they they become disinterested in in what they're doing and i'm not about that that mentality i'm not about that vibe in in the artistic industry um at all yeah 100 yeah. percent. because uh without the uh you know the create collaborative nature of it all you can't get the creativity yeah 100 percent. yeah so i guess that uh brings us to the last two questions uh, these are very difficult so i hope you're ready for them i'm so ready let's go all right between one and num- uh ten what number do you pick i'll go with number five my favorite number give right. me i'm ready so all right so if you could go back in time to change one thing what would it be it's a tough question it's a tough tough question so... I, I, I told you they're hard man i told you um, I guess the mentality that I have towards life, and this may not be the answer that you want to hear, but the the way that I think about bad things that happened in the past or good things that happened in the past is everything that happens happens for a reason, and that whole mentality of I'm still here, I'm still kicking it, I'm still doing what I want, I wouldn't change a single thing. Um, you know, I've been through some pretty tough moments in the last 12 months, and you know, one door closes, another door opens, and, and that whole mentality has really, really changed me as a person. Um, you know, I always want to be the best version of myself coming out of something. So, you know, I I went through a pretty traumatic moment at the end of last year, and you know that door closed, and it took me a very long time to open the next door. But the next door that opened was me going back to university, and now. I look at that as as an impactful moment in life that I made that decision. So I don't think I would have gotten there if I hadn't have gone through that really tough time. So yeah, I don't I don't think that I'd change a single thing. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not. I don't think there's a answer I'm not looking for. I think it's a reasonable answer. I don't think uh, to say, um, you know, not changing anything isn't an answer. Uh, I think it is an answer. I think it's the, the answer that should be, you know, because without learning from your mistakes, how are you supposed to grow and learn, you know? hundred Yeah, but I would uh, I'd definitely change it so I put money on for Richmond to win. <laughs> like, I, would, I should have done that. Uh, I'm kicking myself, but hey, live and learn. Uh, but yeah, 
Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, I want to thank you very much for coming on, Dylan. Uh, now, obviously, thank you for having me. <laughs> always a pleasure. Um, now you've told me that you've got, you've told us that you've got a new project in the works. Um, obviously, you've got your uh, reflections piece that you've got a couple of pictures out already, and you'll be hopefully uploading more soon. Yeah, uh, so I'll do just do a full feature after this, just so get some fresh content out for some fresh eyes <laughs> now did you just want to uh plug your socials and anywhere we can find you yep um so on instagram is my main source of viewing uh dylan martin with four underscores uh d-y-l-a-n-m-a-r-t-i-n with them four big fat underscores hit me up i am always down for conversation always down for a chat i have work all the way from starry night photos through the street stuff this new self-reflective work that i'm i'm leaning towards there's a couple of pieces that i've already done um architectural photos or conceptual stuff if you just want to see photos of my face that's all there too um i love doing protest work all of that's on there models portraits landscapes music you name it it's there Give me a follow. Give me a, a conversation. I love having a chat about <laughs> photography. Hit me up. I'm all ready for you, Ben. Yeah. Uh, all right. And don't forget the memes. Don't forget the memes. Memes are always crucial. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have all the links down in the bottom in the description, as always. Uh, again, thank you very much. Uh, join us next week, guys. We will have another guest, and we will update you on when that goes up. Thanks for listening.